Blog Talk Radio. This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. I let it fall.
everybody. Good afternoon, and you are listening to Keep It Magic. I'm Jackie Smith, and I'm here with my co-host, Storm Sestivani, and we have a great show coming up for you today. We're going to talk about eclipses and and Brittany and Adele and all that great stuff and how it all relates to our day-to-day. Um, pick up the phone, give us a call. The number is 760-539-3235. And make sure to check out our sponsor at CoventryCreations.com, my personal favorite candle company, because I tell you what, over there, no matter what your problem is, whether it's love, money, romance, or too many Adele songs, we have a candle for that. Uh, if you want to reach Storm off the air, you can find him at PsychicFriendsNow.com or like his fan page on Facebook at Astro Gossip. I'm not going to give you all the slash, dot, whatever. It's Astro Gossip. Search that on Facebook. While you're at it, search Keep It Magic on Facebook and friend us there. You can look for me, Jackie Smith, on Facebook as well as Coventry Creations on Facebook. You can build an entire Facebook family just by friending our <laughs> our Facebook pages and liking our Facebook pages. To reach me off the air, you can find me at CoventryCreations.com. And uh, we're ready to take it to live to our show, aren't we? And, oh, by the way, KeepItMagic.com if you ever want to know what's going on and what's coming up in the future. So, Storm, what's happening? Uh, not much. What do you mean, not much? Not much. I mean, uh, just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm just that's... chilling. Um, oh, we should mention before we go further, the Rainbow Tour continues this week. The Rainbow Tour continues this week. I'm I'm leaving at the crack of dawn, actually before dawn tomorrow, to head on out to Santa Cruz and, and to go hang out with Susan Diamond at Serpent's Kiss, which I just I can't wait to spend some time with her because her and I, we never get to spend quality time. Yeah. We get to, like, hang out for ten minutes at a time, and we always have so much to talk about, and we actually have a couple of uh, free days where we get to really... Um, so, like, on Saturday, because you don't have anything planned on Saturday, right? Well, I'll probably be doing some readings during the day, and then I'm doing the Coventry Magic class from 3 to 6 on Saturday. Okay. Sunday day, um, I'll, I'll, I may hang out at the store just to kind of meet and greet people. Well, here's the schedule. Thursday is, um, we're do, I'm doing gallery readings on Thursday, so definitely get your ticket for that. There's only so much space. I'm going to use the Coventry Magic Oracle and do gallery readings. And they get pretty deep. They get pretty deep. I always have at least at least half the people crying. It's awesome. I know I've successfully hit the right button for you if, I, if you tear up. And then Friday I'm doing Akashic Record readings all day at the store. Um, I'm not sure if there's any openings on Friday or not. There might, there, if there isn't, I know there's a waiting list. So give a call over to Serpent. So you pretty much have no free time. Well, Saturday day I'll do a few readings. Um, the class ends at 6. So at least, I mean, most of the time when I go to um, a location, see, this is this is me working half days technically. Like when I was in um, Omaha, I'd get there at 11 and I wouldn't leave till 10. Oh, my God. So this is like, this is easy peasy. So, um, uh, and then Sunday morning, I don't have anything. Three to six is the Akashic Records class. And then Monday, um, is um, I've got a free day. And Tuesday at noon, I have to be at the airport. So on Monday, do you plan to take microbes to, to Susan's head and the two of you exchange knowledge, <laughs> like downloading awesome. into each other? Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, I'm just getting the visual. 
That would be, and Susan, um, Susan and I actually match. We we both have um, orange. Well, she has more orange to her hair, and I have orange in my hair, but we love it. We have a we have a blast, and and her partner Wolf is just one of the nicest people in the world. And I'm so excited. I want to get all the details for a. I'm going to be teaching at the Folk Magic Festival, and that's um, Susan Diamond is and and Wolf are two of the owners of that, as well as Cindy Toto and Star Cassis. They all and, and Orion Foxwood, and they all founded the Folk Magic Festival. That's in November, which you can find at folkmagicfestival.com. But I can't wait to find out about um, their their um, ConjureCon. I love the name of that ConjureCon, which is going to yeah. be in Santa Cruz in July, I believe. And they have some really um, heavy players coming in and, and teaching classes there. So I'm. I'm excited for them on that. And you can find that at ConjureCon.com. Because um, this is some of our favorite stuff, isn't it, Storm? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because the hoodoo, the conjure work, the root work, is because it's so base and primal. When I do the when I do root work, I find that it goes right into your Akashic Records. You can I blend it together when I work that stuff and I see, okay, if we're going to do this work, how does it affect your Akashic Records? Or sometimes I'm in your Akashic Records and I see what external work you need to do to help clear that habit in the physical world. And so it gets right to the root of your soul. Yeah. And that's why I, I love it so much. It's so visceral and primal. I'm really geeked. So you have had nothing going on. I have had everything going on. Well, I was laid in bed with the flu, so I didn't have that much going on. Um. Yeah, you can cut that out now. <laughs> Um, we have, I'm so excited, have you tried the new, the online version of the Coventry Magic Oracle? Absolutely, absolutely, I love it. I I am so excited because um, uh, one of our one of our Type 40 staff, um, Steve, put together the online Oracle, and of course we're going to, we're going to work on an app, you know, a phone app for that in the future, and so what you can do is if you go to CMO dot CoventryCreations.com. You get the Coventry Magic Oracle where where it tells you you ask your question in your head and and you give it the specifications of what you're looking for, and you pull three cards and it'll give you those messages on the cards and it shows you which products will help you get through your challenge. And every time I take it somewhere, I mean, um, my husband has it working on his tablet too, and I have it working on um, on my Kindle Fire. So we'll have someone go through it. We'll just go in a, a restaurant or show somebody out there in the world, and every time they're like, "Oh my God!" I mean, it's the craziest stuff. And and you know, we've you've heard yeah. it on the show when I've pulled oracle cards for um, for clients, and it's like the, it, it is so true, but it doesn't seem like it would make sense. Like, well, I have a love issue, and I come up with, you know, road opener. Well, how, what you know, or we'll come up with with um, earth for love and it's like wait a minute how does that work and um it's just fascinating yeah it is but here is here is my concern with the, the whole coventry magic oracle mm-hmm. girl pretty soon i am not even gonna have to leave the bed it's bad <laughs> enough i don't leave the house now it's going to be i'm not even going to have to leave the bed because you know i'm going to be able to lay in bed with my little devices <laughs> and you pull know, up oracles and I'll not even have to shuffle cards anymore ever I'll tell Star on you if you do that. Oh. <laughs> she'll, 
and she'll conjure something on your ass. She'll go and talk to your people. And and next thing you know. I'm glad Star likes me. Next thing you know, your feet are going to be burning and you're going to be going, okay, I'm up, I'm up. I know. She'll be putting some hot foot on my feet. (laughs) Oh, my God, that is hilarious. Yeah. I know. So we've got um, so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. Today we really do, and and I've been um, a busy little bee with my own issues and angst and stuff like that, and and um, and there's a couple of very interesting things that that you found and I've found talking about all of these self perception issues and and where's your reality and and um, what's going to be important to you and and um, and you know so we just thought let's talk about them today. Yeah, definitely. So you found an article, um, what was that through? That was uh, from, what site is this, Family Goes Strong? LifeGoesStrong.com. LifeGoesStrong.com. And um, Irene Zutel Zutel, um, wrote a story about why she's sick of Adele, which, you know, when you sent that to me, I went, I'm not even reading this. I love Adele. She's kind of, to me, Adele is um, one of the epitomes of going against the grain and succeeding anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, saying you're talented and you get to win. So, but but you tell, talk about this article. Um, first of all, when I seen it, I will tell you, even the title of the article. Um, immediately drew me in because I think that Adele is kind of a mesmerizing type of figure, okay? And when I was clicking it, you know, as I was thinking, I was like, okay, I'm going to read this article, you know, but the haters are going to hate. <laughs> you know, so I was looking at it from that particular perspective. I think that, first of all, I think that the great thing about this article is that you have somebody um, that is um, – in disagreement with some of the things with Adele, but she's not being disagreeable. Um, I think that she makes a lot of uh, of valid points in regards to uh, Adele's music. Um, I think that you know and the way are, and those points are. Well, the points are, you know, that when you're young and you're 21 years old um, and, you know, you've had a heartbreak and you have no responsibilities, really, it's easy to stay at home and be modeling and, you know, uh, cry and, you know, write in your diary love songs and drink four bottles of wine and, mm-hmm. you know, be crazy for a six-month period of time. Um, but when you're a... Uh, cut to your Jackie Smith, who has a company and a child and a husband and uh, responsibilities, and you have people that depend on you and you have employees and all of this other stuff, that it's not really reasonable and practical to sit in this particular state for a long period of time. Well, uh, you know, I'm going to push back a little bit on this. Go ahead. Is because... um, even though I might not be sitting at home drinking four bottles of wine at night, um, I, there's a couple things I do. Um, I may um, I may uh, sit and write poetry, yeah. or or, <laughs> or or more often pull out my Kindle and lose myself in in a book. Or it doesn't even have to be. I mean, it used to be pull out any book anywhere, but now they're all on my Kindle. Um, Pull my Kindle and lose myself in a book and completely avoid the entire world, and there's more than one way to avoid the world. 
and so that's that's just my my thoughts on that. And but I understand what she's saying. I understand what she's saying with um basking. Basking. Yes. And you know what? Um if she's not if this author is not making time to bask, whether it's in the good or the bad, then then you know, I have to make time for it cuz otherwise I literally when I when I'm not making time for it, I melt down like yeah. I did last week. I have to make time to to deal with to deal with my own stuff and to spend time in process. And that's why, um, that's why, and I haven't written as much poetry as I have in the past, but that's why I write it. Because what's so awesome about poems and songs or poems is that um, it can only make sense to you. Mm-hmm. But yet you write it in a way where other people can relate to it. I, I think I think with her, the reason I like the article mm-hmm. is that she didn't blame Adele. She admitted that the problem was hers. Okay. Um, you know, she says, and, and I'll read uh, just a little bit from this. It says, before you tell me I'm a hater, <laughs> <laughs> I admit the problem is me. Basking in the pain of heartbreak is a luxury for the young or celebrities like Demi Moore. For the rest of us, we can fe- we feel pain, but we can't bask in it. We don't know how to bask anymore. I can't even remember the last time I basked, but I'm sure it was before kids. Instead, we non-baskers make dinner and check homework and worry about our children, our aging parents, our spouseless moms or dads, the economy, the bills. We don't lock ourselves in a house and drink four bottles of wine at night. And if we did, we'd have more troubles to sing about. We'd be dead. We'd, we wouldn't have, or yeah, she says, oh, I can't even talk to that. And if we did, we'd have more troubles to sing about. We'd be dead or divorced or child protective services would take our kids. Or we'd be in jail or the moms in the carpool lane would shoot us dirty looks when we'd serve in of a lot to pick up our kids still buzzed and probably not fully clubbed. <laughs> uh, her poetry in this article I thought was just hilarious. Right. Um, uh, and then basically, you know, what, what I think that she says is maybe I'm alone in this. I don't want to hear the sound of searing pain in someone's voice, especially someone I don't know. There's enough searing pain in life. I don't want to experience it vicariously, especially when I'm in the car alone looking to belt out some lyrics while I'm singing on stage in front of an adoring audience that exists only in my head. Um, and now the incomparable Irene Zoodle will perform, perform Bad Girls by Donna Summer. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, I think that you know, this is something, there, there's two points that I think that are important. Um, is she right that we don't bask anymore? Do we not allow ourselves to feel any form of feeling for a long period of time? And could this be a severe problem? I do think it is. And whether whatever it is you're going to take time out to do, and sometimes you need to just, well, okay, I'm going to point at you right now. Uh-huh. You go and go and go and go and go until you're sick, and then you stop. Uh-huh. That was my MO. That was what I did in my life for I went I went and went and went. I did not stop until all of a sudden I can't move. And that is the problem and that's where many of us are at and there's a new literally um lifestyle revolution to to put it like that cuz so many of the women that I talk to um are like I I have to take time for myself and and I might be leading that charge right now because I'm it's so um, it's so elusive for me, and it, I and so guilt-ridden half the time when I do take time for myself. I was just I'm pulling out a notebook to take with me to Santa Cruz because I do like to write stuff down as as I go. And um, 
I found this older notebook and I pull out, um, so I'll pull out the old pages and file them in different things. And so I come across this one page um, in this notebook and it is from 2008. I mean, it's right in front of me. It's hilarious. Um, uh, as I flip pages, can you hear me flip pages? Yeah. Um, oh, now I can't find it. Damn. But anyway, it's, it was me making a promise to myself that I'm going to take better care of myself and spend more time on things that are not work-oriented. This is 2008. It is not 2000. It was April 2008. April 2012, I'm saying the exact same thing. And if you pull out some of my notebooks, because, again, I write in notebooks and stuff, and, and I do miss that, I like that um, tangible pen-on-paper feeling um, when I'm doing poetry. And, and I can find another book that says, from 2005, I need to take more time for myself. And, and if I pull up, you know, I have this... Um, huge document of poems that I've written over the years and and if you pull up from 1995 I said the same thing the same thing it's like a diet that you never actually go on yeah so now now going back to Adele a little bit and and the and moving from the basking back to Adele I think there's a reason why she's as popular as she is is because we are hungry starving for real life people who are successful, our role models, or who we enjoy. And Adele, she smokes, she drinks, she swears, she's a big girl. She's really not as big as other people say she is because if you had met Adele at a restaurant or at a dinner party or something, you would never consider her big. You really wouldn't. Yeah. Um, uh, so we have this. When you look at her and and an unphotoshopped version of her, yeah, what you do is you, you're seeing a real woman. She's I think a, what like a size twelve or a size fourteen, and in America the average size is twelve, which it pretty much has only gone up one size in the past. People think Americans are so obese. Really, really, we're not. We're we're tipping both ends of the scale. It's super, super skinny and 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 um and overweight and. So she's really, if you looked at her compared to all the other people in your life, she would look very similar to everyone else you know. And I think that's why we love her so is because she's real. She is. She's a real person with real issues and, and, and can get real pissed off. So that's that's my feeling about why Adele is so popular. Yeah, I agree. Because, you know, it just today, well, today what I posted, uh, of course, you know, I reposted something on Facebook, which is now our, our means of communication these days. But it was a, a before and after picture of Britney Spears in a photo shoot that she did. And here is the photo shoot before picture, and here is the after Photoshop picture. So they took out her waist. They took out her kneecaps. They, they literally carved her muscle off. Um, uh, on, on her thighs. So that muscle in the back of your thigh that everyone has that makes your thigh fill out, Yeah. they just took it right off of the picture. So she's missing muscles. And considering the fact that she's a dancer, she's, of course, going to have enormous muscle. Right. And, of course, they Photoshopped any imperfection in her skin. And, um, you know, so there's so there's really quite a bit that, 
that she did so, you know, those, this whole measuring up to even Britney Spears when she's at at her at her most um at her at her perfect Britney Spears can't measure up to Britney Spears. Yeah. These um models it's it's so this is ever since you mentioned to me that I might have some body dysmorphic issues, I have been tweaking about it. Not tweeting about it, but tweaking about it like do I? What's going on? Do I? Does everybody? Huh? You know, a little obsessive, but not quite totally obsessive. Just it's been hanging out in the back of my mind, and I'm and I'm realizing that we all do because we can't measure up. Even the the women who are anorexic, um, these these supermodels that they have pictures taken of them, their clavicles, their shoulder blades, their their ribs are photoshopped out of the picture mm-hmm. um, because nobody wants to see that either. Now, I've seen, when you posted that thing on, on Brittany, I noticed some of the comments. A lot of them I found relatively catty. I think that somebody like Brittany Spears, who um, is coming out and talking about this, she's 30 years old. I think it's very, very significant um, that someone of her pop status is is discussing this is very very important and it shows the beginning of possibly a shift in a change in regards to um, cultural perception about perception about perfection. But then when you would read the comments, you would see catty comments like you know, oh she's going to get up on stage and write a poll, and now she's going to complain about this. Who cares? What, that's her artistic. She's like a cabaret artist. I mean, her if if you look at performance artists. Madonna, Britney Spears, they're like stage performers. It's like a circus at their particular shows, but we're not going to see Britney Spears and Madonna to listen to it, to think Adele is going to come out of their mouths. We're going for that entire showmanship, over-the-top um, uh, act, and then for people to say that now because she's 30 that she's coming out and, you know, why is she doing this, um, etc. I think it's just ridiculous. Um, I think it's important that she does it. I think that it's important for her to say, you know what, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, a friend of mine who is a model, um, she sent me um, pictures of um, a photo shoot that she did, and I'm like, oh, my God, you're gorgeous. I love this about it. And she goes, oh, yeah, but those are the those are the pictures that haven't been touched up. I'm like, so I said to her, okay, you're going to have called her up, and I said, you're going to have to talk through this with me and tell me how you have to um, touch this picture up. She goes, well, you can see my um, my freckles here, and I'm I'm um, I'm sitting kind of folded up, so you can see. Now this woman's a size one. Yeah. You can see um, my skin kind of folding all over because I'm kind of curled up, and I go, that's called nature. And she goes, yes, but the um, the ad agencies won't buy the picture. Yeah. And so what we have is this unrealistic view. And um, I talk to my daughter about this all the time, and she goes, Mom, I know, they're Photoshop, people don't look like that. I said, but you're one of the few, and probably because I tell you this your entire life. I, I love sitting with my sister, and um, who's an artist, and she'll point out an ad. She goes, well, I want to show you this. This actually not, um, if this woman really had legs that long, <laughs> she would... She would, you know, you would come up to her belly button, you know, things like that. And yeah. she shows me perspective, and and um, and she, my sister Rebecca, who is also an artist, she she gave me a reality check one day a long time ago because I was really 
down on myself, and she had just lost a bunch of weight and had gotten down to a size six, and not that she was, I mean, she thinks it was like a nine prior to that. And and she goes, look it, right now I'm unemployed, so I can spend a lot of time on this. And these people in the magazines, it's their job to look like that. And she looks at me and she goes, because it's your job to smell good. And I just started laughing. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, my God. So people come up to me and go, oh, my God, you smell so good. And I go, well, it's my job to smell good. And (laughs) so I I started, you know, every now and again that that goes to the back of my head is that it's not my job to look like that. It's my job to do different things. It's my job to take care of myself and be healthy, and and that's where my focus is. Um, And as long as... As long as we have that, um, and maybe doing a little basking in our in our own life, rather than in, in just in our own angst. You, you know, one of the things, and this is going to fit into um, the eclipse conversation that we'll have on the other side of the break. But um, one of the things that I'm noticing very strongly in my own journaling work and uh, working on myself, and in regards to you know going to go see a psychotherapist, um, is there is Everything out there in society, if you don't put up the perfect particular image, um, you know, uh, people will begin to denigrate you, will begin to start to think in a very negative perception if they don't see perfection. Mm -hmm. And then if you do put up something that's less than perfect, then you will hear these very, very snide comments in regards to to that as as well. And and what I'm starting to wonder, um, Jackie, is are we... um, are we just so obsessed with tearing people down that it's easier for us to deal with that than deal with our own lives, for for one thing? Uh, yes. And is Can I get an amen on that? Yeah. And is it, um, uh, uh, you know, and is the the perception of reality and the perception of what it is that we that we think about life mm-hmm. at this particular point so freaking jaded that we have lost touch with Everything. I mean, it, 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 it's just very fascinating. Well, even even in the spiritual journeys, when you read these different spiritual books, and it's such a, such a high bar to reach for, yeah. you know, to meditate for 30 minutes in silent seated meditation every day, not happening in my world. It's not something I'm interested in. But but that's but, but you see what I'm saying? It's like it's like this. Even in the spiritual realms of of trying to achieve these things, the bar is set so high. Yeah. That um, so when I'm out there teaching, and that's why people I think love talking to me because I keep it what what's achievable for you and celebrate that. But with all that, we got to take a break. Yes, so do not go away. While we're on break, while we're listening to a little music here, check out our sponsor at CoventryCreations.com. Do not touch that dial.
And welcome back to Keep It Magic. We are a spiritual, metaphysical, interesting, challenging life talk show here. I'm Jackie Smith, and here I'm here with my co-host, Storm Sestavani. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Give us a call. The number is 760-539-3235. And we are just winding up our um, body dysmorphic conversation. <laughs> <laughs> our too much pressure, unreasonable expectation conversation from our first half hour. And um, so, what do you think our point is? What What's our lesson here? I, I think that we're set to disassociate that I can't even answer that one now. Um, <laughs> I, I think that I think what we need to do, Jackie, is have a little bit more compassion for the humanness of life, which <laughs> is not. It's not sanitized. It's very messy. Mm -hmm. And people have problems and people have difficulties and people have frustrations. And um, learning to accept that that is a normal part of living and a normal part of life, um, I think, is the important takeaway in regards to both Adele and Britney Spears. uh, you know, everybody, especially in their particular world, every move that they make is going to be hyperly crazed. For example, I remember the pictures of um, of Brittany, you know, when she was going uh, through her, uh, you know, having to adapt to motherhood and, and all of those other things, and where she was, you know, running from the paparazzi, okay? She has her kid in her arm, okay? You know, she's speeding away from the paparazzi because they're chasing her. And she ends up having to go to court over it because she's protecting her child. True. You know how, and then it's all over the uh, all over the media. Brittany, bad mother. Well, exactly. It is when we can um, take the attention away from our own selves and our own imperfection and focus on the imperfection of someone else. It's yeah. so much easier on our own psyche. It gives us a, a break and a rest from from the pressure that we're already feeling. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's part of what it is. Now, I've taken to doing a, something different and unique, <laughs> as, as I am wont to do. As I am wont to do. And um, since all of this stuff started, I'm looking at what's in, what's in the press and fashion magazines, et cetera. I started really looking at people. Um, and once a Virgo puts her attention on something, watch out. And I started using a new voice in my head. And I said, she's beautiful. He's handsome. He's What is it about that that makes them special? What is this? So I started doing uh, playing, playing that mental game in my head about what makes each person amazing, not in comparison to myself or the person next to them, but just standing alone where they are. And do you know how difficult that is? That is a very difficult thing to do. It's just something that I was doing for myself because I thought, well, why am I so attracted to this person, meaning just I'm willing to spend time with them or I want to smile more at this? And how? why am I not as attracted to this person? What's the message going through my head? And being very conscious of it, and and my answers were were astonishing to me. Yeah. Um, and even as much as I tried to not make it about me, it it became about me. Um, um, not to say that I'm so narcissistic that everything becomes about me, but I'm the center of my own universe. Uh-huh. And and it became like, oh, because she reminds me of this, or that is what I aspire to be, or 
that is the, you know, whatever it is. And I find that I'm able to find the beauty and stunningness in other people and go, you know what, I am so... And then from there, I was able to make that statement two weeks ago that I that I um, blogged about and Facebooked about, which is I am so grateful that I am not just a cookie cutter. I am unique. I am amazing. I break all the fashion rules, and I am never boring. <laughs> I set my own rules, and I am never boring, and I'm beautiful. And so it's because I can find that beauty in other people, I can find it in myself. So I think the the reverse happens when we can't find it in our when we can't find it in ourselves, we are not able to find it in anyone else. Yeah, it, it, it it's very true. And one you know one of the things that um uh that I enjoy that both of us do is that you know in our particular com- conversations you know off of the air, um if we notice the conversation leading down a negative particular road um, or it's going to become you know, a five minute rant uh, of gossip we stop ourselves mm-hmm. yep you know we stop ourselves um, and try to move the conversation back into a very pointed um, how does this relate to me what am I upset with with this rather than you know so and so is a shrew um, uh, um, even though they probably are I'm just saying but um <laughs> But we do try to uh, to move the focus more um, uh, on ourselves. Why is the shrew affecting us so much? Um, right. uh, more so than anything else. One of the things that, you know, the eclipse that's coming up, we have two of them. Um, the first one is going to be on May the 20th. It is a new moon eclipse. Um, the second one is going to be on June the 4th. Um, Let me write this down. May the 20th. 20th. Okay, I'm not traveling. In June the 4th. Yeah, in June the 4th. Now, there's different ways that you can view an eclipse. Okay, number number one, I will tell you, if the Obama administration were to contact me and say, we're planning out President Obama's travel schedule for the summer, um, what do you recommend? I would tell him not to travel around the 20th of May. Um, the reason being is that the chart really negatively impacts um, uh, Barack Obama. And in a mundane chart, um, one of the things that it's showing us in regards to this eclipse is that um, there's going to be something external and something difficult that's going to happen within a fortnight of this May the 20th date. Okay, so within a two-week period, there's going to be a large... Um, event that will occur. Um, The eclipse does directly hit the United States. So um, the states that are in question, to keep your eyeballs focused on, are New Mexico, Arizona, and California. Um, And then it doesn't affect another country, but then it goes straight through Japan, and right over, exactly the line goes straight over Fukushima in Japan. Um, and then it goes into China. Okay, so those are the very heightened countries for this particular eclipse. Usually there's going to be some form of an event that is going to trigger us into thinking about the eclipse and integrating that particular energy into our lives. So it's going to be the above and below. You know, what is happening above is also going to happen below. So there's one dimension. 
The other dimension is that, of course, we can look at uh, the eclipse in regards to self-empowerment, which is basically what we're going to focus on in just a second. But Kabbalistically, Jackie, what, and, and this is the, the biggest thing to remember about an eclipse. First of all, an eclipse is a trigger. It is going to bring to the surface energy that is already there. It's not going to be energy that just came from outer space. Okay. Um, it's going to be um, uh, energy that's already there that's, that's been gathering force for some time. It's okay? going to be about immigration. Uh, very possible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Especially other, with all of those states, it's absolutely, good, and that's the challenge right now, and it's it's getting hotter. The other interesting thing is that it's going to be around that date also that the Supreme Court will make the decision about health care um, during the eclipse cycle. So so keep that in mind as well. Um, uh, the other thing that is going to come up in regards to that period is all of the stuff in regards to Trayvon Martin on the physical level as well. Okay, so just keep all of this in mind now. Kabbalistically, what an eclipse does is that we all go through a process in life. Every day we're going through a process of something. We're processing our relationships. We're processing our career. We're um, working through something, okay? An eclipse is basically when the process meets the physical world. It's where you can bring it into form. So this is a very, very positive period as well as difficult period because it's where we can actually begin to actualize and bring into physical form what it is that we want. Okay. So, this particular eclipse occurs in the sign of Gemini. So, if you're the sign of Gemini, Virgo, (coughs) (laughs) not me, Um, um, uh, Sagittarius or Pisces, this eclipse is going to strongly influence you. Um, The eclipse being in Gemini, it has to do with communication, expression, um, how we take in knowledge, how we sort through knowledge, how we um, uh, uh, understand life, the lenses that we understand life through, how we take all of the things that we're learning and bring it into a pile, Jackie, that we call our life. Um, And also... Uh, one of the things with this particular eclipse that is important is that it's about seeing reality. Now, this is going to be difficult because I don't necessarily think that we live in a fact-filled world, Jackie. I think that we live in a world of of perception. Um, and I think oftentimes our perception does not match um, reality. So we're looking at some potential reality fantasy train wrecks. Train yeah. wrecks. Not train wrecks. Do not Rick roll me. Train wrecks. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, it, and it's it's going to, and I'm going to get into the particulars here in just a second. But it is really thinking about those facts, thinking about what what is truth, what the, what is um, um, uh, facts, what is uh, things that we can take together and kind of mix up. Absolutely, and I think what what's going to happen is that from what you're saying is that your version of reality is not going to match this other version of reality or a new version is going to come in that's going to really maybe shake your foundation or or make you check yourself. Yeah. Now, what also, so this eclipse is in square to Mars, okay, and I will get into the particulars with this. I'm just saying it for my own brain. Okay. And it's also in square to Neptune. Now, 
Mars is the planet of how we go out into life and get what it is that we want, okay? So the reality function, okay, and Mars, how we go out into the world and get what it is that we want, are not going to be on the same page right now, okay? We're going to want what it is that we want, but it may not necessarily fit into what is real mm-hmm. at the moment. Very frustrating. Um, Neptune is the planet of escapism. It, it's what it is that we do um, to feel connected to the larger whole. Okay, we can do this through spirituality. We can do this through um, um, artistic, in artistic capacities. Mm-hmm. We can also do it through addiction. Um, so basically booze is not going to taste good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it may. It may taste really good. That may be the problem. Um, okay, so it sounds again uh, digging this a little bit deeper is your your foundation's going to be shaken, mm-hmm. um, or actually your reality is going to shift. What you know to be truth is yes. is going to shift, and and your normal modes of escape are either going to not work so well or work even better. Yes, and you may and you're going to have to. Uh, change and modify based upon these circumstances. Those that fight it will, of course, have a lot more difficulty. And the signs that are going to fight it are Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces. Now, every single sign allows us to bring a balance into perspective. The sign that balances Gemini, of course, is Sagittarius. And Sagittarius has to do with looking at the bigger picture. Okay. So basically, you know, rather than us just looking inside of our little tiny box at what it is that's going on in our particular life, we have to ask ourselves, what is the bigger picture? For example, let me bring it down to a, to, um, a practical. Oh, you know me so well. I'm going to bring it down to a practical. Just before I can even ask that question, you're on it. <laughs> um. Say you have somebody that is uh, that wants to um, own a modeling agency, um, and right now that they're working at McDonald's and that they're you, you know they're the manager at the McDonald's. Um, they want to own a modeling agency. Um, the facts are that they have to do A, B, C, and D, okay, in order to go down the particular path of getting that particular modeling a- agency, okay, and basically. With an eclipse in this particular type of frustrating energy, it can be very, very easy for us to stay stuck in the, oh, my God, I'm flipping the quarter pounders with cheese. I'm only making $30,000 a year. How am I ever going to get through this? My car has just broken down. I can't pay my rent. By the way, thirty grand is a lot to be making for flipping burgers. I'm just saying. They're the manager, remember? Oh. Um, I hope a manager's making 30000 um, uh, and I'm working 17 hours a day. I don't know how life is going to change for me. What Sagittarius is stating is that you have to keep your mind on the big picture. In other words, quit worrying about these little minutia things mm-hmm. and look at the big picture. The big picture is you want to own a modeling agency. And if right now your, your sphere of influence is the manager of the McDonald's, you need to work on that and begin to expand. Gotcha. 
so uh, so it is, it, and it's going to be frustrating because you know we have the vision of what we want with that Neptune. Okay, we want that that modeling agency that's going to make us successful, and we're going to be complete, and everything is going to be wonderful and happy. If only just when when I get there, you know how we do that in life. Uh-huh. Mars is going to be. Um, wanting you to get to the other side of the street as fast as you possibly can. The eclipse is saying, okay, you need to slow down, you need to take a look at the facts, and at the same time you need to look at the bigger picture. Okay, so, this this can be very, very rough. Um, uh, and how and long is the eclipse for? It's, you said it's a two-week period, a week before and a week after? It's really, really potent for two weeks. Um, uh, With the 20th at the epicenter. No, the, the, the two weeks from the 20th. Okay, so we have a whole eclipse cycle because then we have another eclipse that's going to come up. So I would say that this, to mark your calendars for the energy of this eclipse will begin to dissipate in July. Why in July? You just said two weeks. It's in May 20th. Wouldn't it start? Wouldn't it be- sure. We have this eclipse on May the 20th. Two weeks later, we have the June 4th eclipse. Oh, so it's just going to, like, exacerbate. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That word that I can't say right exacerbate. now. Exacerbate. Exacerbate. <laughs> Not to be confused with masturbate, which might be more effective, no. uh, you know, uh, during this period. I was just going to say that. <laughs> um, so basically, you know, magically, okay, I think that one of the things to look at is the need for us to become rooted in facts, okay, I mean, and to be able to look at our situation and our, accept our situation for what it is at the moment. So I would, my suggestion would be an air candle. That's interesting because I was going to say the earth candle, the earth oil, to where to let yourself um, be rooted in stability. Interesting. Um, because you said you need to be rooted in facts. Yes. And and this is going to shake. Um, what you know to be true, but the to me the stability and self-esteem helps you understand what your truth is and own it. Yeah. And then, um, but I do like, I love the air aspect because although a Gemini is an air sign, correct? Yes. And would would you putting more air on air just make it blow harder or would it make it just, just kind of um I think it would away? open the energies up for the air to occur. Um, remember, we're dealing with energies that are ripe with an eclipse. Um, uh, so it's taking the path of least resistance. And one of the things that I think with the air candle that I like about the air candle is oftentimes we get very, very caught up in our um, perception of what we think that the truth is. Okay. And I think that the air candle makes us open to other aspects of truth. It does. It absolutely does. So actually, this this would be a nice combination. Yeah. Of getting that earth energy in there and the air energy. So you've got the stability, um, and then you've got the inspiration, the being open to to more ideas. Yes. And then um, what brings it home? Um. Because we want we want to bring in the balance of uh, the bigger picture as well. I, I think I would go vision quest. You know what? That is exactly what I was thinking. Because I almost said it went. Don't be greedy, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> but I really do think vision quest, and I love that. That is well, it's the problem solver candle. 
and um, that I use that quite a bit when I just need to open my mind to new things. I use inspiration when I need to think, see things from a different perspective. And then with that earth, it helps you keep your feet on the ground, and it says it's okay to be a little bit slow about this right now. Yeah, exactly. Feed yourself with it before you start um, running amok, amok, amok. The other thing I might that I want to add in here, Jackie, is that if people, it, what you're starting to notice right now coming into your life, mm-hmm. um, since the new moon is probably the issues that you're going to be dealing with with the eclipse. So about wow. two weeks. So no. about two weeks from now. <laughs> Take a look at basically what is going on. If the area of your frustration is career, um, I would consider adding a road opener to this. Okay. Um, in order to in in order to not feel so frustrated by that Mars and that Neptune. Um, if it is uh, love and relationships, I would recommend possibly um either a love enchantment or like a um maybe that well the Adam and Eve which is available yeah. through the Coventry Creations um site. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and uh if it is if it is a financial issue, um I would do red opener with that one too. Mhm. Or um for career also um steady work. Yeah. You know, depending upon the uh, uh, you know the areas of the frustration. So think about the area that is popping up, and then you know on on the Coventry site, go to candles that also um, involve that particular area to include in your particular little ritual here, so that you can be um, if you're going through financial problems, to be more mindful of other financial opportunities that you may be going through. Mm-hmm. Um, at this particular point, uh, uh, you know, if, if it is love, um, what are the, uh, the obstacles and difficulties that are going through to help you open up in that perspective? So, um, so what I would do, I mean, literally, what I'm going to do, starting on, on May 20th, because I'm going to have my air candle, my earth candle, and my vision quest candle, and that's to help the energy around me move smoothly. Yeah, and then I'm going to. Pick one candle that's for me the thing that I'm um, that I have my frustration around my my personal issue. Yeah, and that will last me if I burn it every day, like while I'm at work, burn it for you know five hours, yeah. five to eight hours while I'm at while I'm at my desk, which is where all my altars are, because I'm here more than anywhere else. That'll last me for the entire week, maybe even a little bit more. So I know that I'll then repeat that again for the second week. And then start plotting out what I'm going to do for the for the uh, June 4th one. Yes, and and we can on the other side of the break, which we have to get to in just a second. I'm about to flip everything on its ear. So. <laughs> awesome. So then we have to scramble. So, and um, there we are. So do not go away. We will be back, um, and we'll talk about the June 4th eclipse on the other side of this song. And, of course, as always, we have hot magic tips for you. Do not touch that dial. We will be back in a flash. Have you ever fed a lover with just your hand? 
And I am Jackie, and that is Storm. Well, not that just saying, but we'll be saying, we'll be talking in a second. <laughs> if, if you have enjoyed the show, please hit the like button on the Blog Talk Radio page, and so you'll be notified every time we're about to come on the air. If you want some Keep It Magic to go, visit iTunes and do a search on Keep It Magic, and you can down. It'll automatically download every time we have a new show online. But more importantly, go visit keepitmagic.com where you can find all of our archives and tons of articles, and we usually have things that relate to the show because we're really chatty. We love talking about things, and we love challenging your brain and our brain. 
This show is made possible by your patronage to our sponsor, CoventryCreations.com, where magic always happens. And your your patronage not only to CoventryCreations.com, but to every store that carries the Coventry um, products. And we want you to go there, go to your favorite metaphysical bookstore, your favorite place that carries candles, and I want you to ask for Coventry candles. And that way your business and your money may be staying local. So here we are, Backstorm, and we have been talking about Eclipse. And I have to compliment you just, just for a moment. When you start talking about Eclipse, when we're on our um, show prep phone call, yeah. you know, I kind of go to sleep a little bit. So um, this is a big challenging, um, to me, it's a big challenging subject, astrology, because there's so many moving parts. It really is an entire machine with lots of cogs. It's almost steampunk. There's so many cogs mm-hmm. um, moving, and this affects this, affects this, affects that. And um, I really have, until we started working together, really hated astrology because I just can't wrap my entire brain around it. But, you know, you bring it down for us. And um, one of the things that drives me nuts about astrologers is they talk in shorthand. Well, it's like that Gemini aspect of Venus. And everyone goes, <laughs> I know. And I go, what? You know, so so you know, there, there's that own language that a lot of astrologers have, and so I really appreciate how you bring it down and you give us some tangible examples and maybe we can um, see how it applies to us. Well, I, I, I think that astrology provides us with something that no other of the arcane sciences uh, provides us with, and that is it tells us, at every single precise moment, what the energy it is that we're working with. And therefore, we can either use that particular energy to transform our lives and work with it, or we can work it against it, one or the other. Right. A lot of people work against it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and when, you know, I'm, I'm sure astrologers feel really challenged to when they're going to write their the Virgo horoscope or the Sagittarius horoscope. They have to make it really generic, and sometimes you can genericize it. You can you can homogenize it down to a point where it doesn't mean anything. Um, I was I was reading some eclipse stuff before the show. Yeah. And it didn't actually. I read it and I read the sentence aloud and I read it to somebody else and they're like, "What does that mean?" And I said, "I don't know. It doesn't actually mean anything when you because you've just distilled it down to to nothing to one." Yeah. Well, which is which is why I think that. You know, um, one of the things that has given astrology a bad rap is the conceptualized idea that you can go read in a horoscope and that that's going to give you the idea. I can take apart this particular eclipse. Um, for example, the June 4th eclipse is going to occur in the sun of Sagittarius. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Sagittarius has to do with laws, big ideas, philosophies, what it is that we believe. Um, our ideas and our uh, big, huge, arching concepts, ironic things such as patriotism, um, all of these big, huge, arching ideas are what Sagittarius has to do with it. It also um, has to do with um, religion and uh, religious ideas, which I will define a little bit further here in a second. Now, this particular eclipse, Jackie, the 13th eclipse, okay, mm-hmm. is going to land in your third house of knowledge, okay? So that that would be a period in which if I was working with you and you were to say, you know, Storm, when should I start writing um, my next book? I would say, you know, Jackie, I would really start focusing on that in the month of June. Check. 
Okay. Score, that's exactly what we're doing. Yep. Um, so basically, you know, that would be really where I would focus um, on that on that particular energy because it's the path of least resistance for you. It is a point during the year where you can work with that energy in a much more profound sort of way than you could possibly six months later, okay? Now, if you were a Scorpio, I might tell you something different. Um, or, you know, if you had um, uh, Capricorn rising, I might tell you that, you know, right now is more of a time for you to go inward and really take a look at what it is that you want um, uh, and use this as a time to, to rest and a time to kind of pull things back together and take, and take a moment um, so, rather than it is to be external. So if you don't know what you're rising or how this affects your bubble, all the little ins and outs, mm-hmm. June 4th, the, the moon will be in Sagittarius. Yes. And it's the lunar eclipse, so the sun, um, the earth is going to shadow the moon. Yes. So basically, we're, the Earth is coming between the energy of the Sun and the Moon. So it's it's like they're they're pulling you in opposite directions. Yes. Um. So what does the average person need to know about the lunar eclipse in Sagittarius? This particular, the average individual, just on its particular face, this is the particular point in which we have to look at what in our lives is too dogmatic. What are we being too religious over? And I'm not talking about religious as in Jesus. I'm talking about we all have particular things that we're convicted to. Right, our rules. Yeah, our exactly. And basically... Basically, what the universe is telling us is it may be time for us to take a look and modify what it is that we believe. And for the past two years, we've been going through this cycle. It's about the flip. And when Jackie and I talk about the eclipses in the fall, we're going to be talking about Scorpio energy. So it's going to be a much different um, type of energy than what's been going on for the last two years. Um, So in the Gemini eclipse, we're talking about um, our reality. What do we know to be true? And then we flow into, and then and that's going to be challenged in a way that um, may make us want to move faster, but but we need, just need to hang back a little bit. So we either want to move faster or escape. Yes. And so what 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 the Gemini eclipse is going to do is going to force us. Either we're going to blow it up one way or the other, or we're going to keep the middle ground and yes. find and find some balance in there. Then we move into the June 4th eclipse in Sagittarius where what we believe will be challenged. So it's like the truth is challenged and then what maybe what we believed about that truth is going to be challenged as well. Okay, because the opposite of Sagittarius is Gemini. Okay, so what we're going to have to be open to at that particular point of this particular eclipse is other people's ideas, their motivations, what may be going on about them. Um, that adds to what it is that we believe. Um, uh, You know, if you're working in a partnership with somebody, for example, uh, uh, you're writing a uh, a book with them and that they have directly opposed ideas to yours, how do you make this particular book work? Interesting. Okay. So so that... um now, rather than it being all about our own beliefs and our own truths, we have to look at the bigger picture truth. Yes, yes. How because of the fact that a lunar eclipse always, 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 always brings in, because it's an opposition, it's always going to bring in some capacity our relationship with others in, on some level. Okay. 
Now, is there anything squaring this? Any additional Mars? Mars is is um, Neptune in play still? No. Okay. So um. So it's Mars. so it's so it's just Mars. Okay. So we're when you take that Mars energy and add it to our dogmatic beliefs, we believe what we believe, and it's right. <laughs> and I will take you out. And I will take you out. Welcome to Fight Club. Um, yeah. And so, but my concern with that on a, on a global level, or even an even on a um, um, a political level, is it getting nasty in the political? It's going to be a really, really, really nasty summer between Mitt Romney and Barack Obama. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be the the politics are going to be the bloodiest we have ever seen. In going through June and into mid July. Yeah. It's going to be really, really bloody because it's going to be preparing for the um, for the, the convention. Um, so it's going to be really, really rough. And what we're going to see in both political parties, and it's where you're going to be able to take the litmus test, neither one of those political parties are going to want to give an inch at all. Mars wants what it wants, and it wants it now. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think uh, what else? You said before with the Gemini eclipse that it was going to be um, where it was hitting the U.S., and we talked about you know, immigration issues and which I, I, my intuition throughout this whole thing is telling me that these are going to be more political issues versus cultural issues or maybe the cultural and how the politics, but I just really feel it's going to be pretty political. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it intersects because the fact that Sagittarius has to do with law. Okay, all right. Well, then that makes sense. All right. So my intuition on that one is yeah. Is so it, it has to do it has to do with law and Sagittarius. Not only does it have to do with law, but it has to do with particular laws that have to do with envisioning a better future. Okay, regardless of what political system that you may be, you may be um, a part of. Um, uh, the country, though, that is going to be the most affected by by this eclipse is going to be Australia. Interesting. So it's going to be interesting also to watch Australia's politics because it's going to be kind of like a microcosm of what is going to be going on inside of all of us. And it will be interesting whether or not the current female prime minister is going to be able to stay in power um, uh, in uh, Australia, who they lovingly refer to as the Ranga. <laughs> we'll have to stay in touch with our pal over there. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to stay in touch with our, our uh, Australian buddies. Yeah. Um, on the practical level, let's bring this down to earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I really be, be, basically the way to look at this is that you have a particular vision for something. Sagittarius has to do with vision. You want to write the best novel in the world, um, and, and you have your ideas, and you know you want to write a novel about um, pistachio nuts, and it's the best pistachio nut novel that's ever going to exist. And then basically what's going to happen is that there's going to be other people that are going to come to you and say, you know what, you might want to write about white pistachio nuts because the green ones have been overdone. Right. Love on the pistachio farm. Yeah. I love it. That's, and, the, that's um, my next novel. Thanks. <laughs> I just gave you your whole idea. Um, so, so basically the uh, it is going to be needing to be open to other people's ideas around it. The other way that that may work in is that the publishing company may come to you and say, you know what, Jackie, Pistachio novel, not going to sell, honey. Sorry, find another idea. Hmm. So we're going to have to take our concepts of what other people um, are suggesting to us to to be open to modifying our particular beliefs and our particular dogmas and ask ourselves, what is it that we're being too religious over? 
Right, and and it's um, fanatic over. Yeah. I think it's like that zealot fanaticism type stuff. Yeah, exactly. So don't, it's, get, don't get confused in, in, you know, it's just what are you religious about, which it might be that um, you're fastidious in your um, keeping of your checkbook. Mm-hmm. And and you might have to let a little bit of that go so you can, because uh, you don't have it in your, so, you know, whatever, whatever you're fastidious in and, and, and real focused on. Exactly. The other thing with Sagittarius energy is it's very, very easy to burn it out. In other words, you have the great, wonderful idea, and it's going to be the best novel that's ever been written, and two weeks later you're like, huh? Yeah. There's not really much of an ability for follow-through in regards to the situation. So what I would do first, okay, uh-huh. is I would root it. I would root this in the earth. I would do an earth candle. Yeah, or or the goddess um, affirmation. Yeah. The goddess affirmation would be a good one as well. The other thing that I would want to do in regards to creating harmony and the open communication uh, and things of that nature is I would kind of focus on, like, tranquil home. Okay. Um, keep keeping things kind of calm, um, to, uh, allowing ourselves to be open up to, uh, uh, you know, other people's communication, um, trying not to make it all just about us. I was thinking um, um, inner balance, too. Yeah. So we've got Tranquil Home, Inner Balance, Earth. Um, okay, keep talking. Well, Inner Balance is a candle that I would use for any opposition, actually. I think that it's a great opposition candle. So that um, might be an awesome candle for you to just kind of, when you're out of sorts throughout the yeah. whole thing, you feel like it's running you over rather than you working um, the eclipse energy in your favor yeah. to do the Inner Balance. Yes, Absolutely. Um, uh, the other thing that I would do is the areas of your life that become affected, which is going to be very apparent around the 20th. <laughs> um, so that area is basically where I would also begin to do a little bit of work around it. It's basically, um, you know, what it is that you're wanting to do is write the great American novel. Um, you know, that might be where I would add kind of like an inspiration or a vision crush candle in, in, into the mix. Um, if it is about... Are you being a little bit too dogmatic in regards to your financial situation? Um, I would sit down and possibly do uh, a little bit of uh, a prosperity candle um, and ask myself, what does it mean to be prosperous? Um, gotcha. So uh, question everything. Yeah, question everything. All right. And so it's it's all about that taking new perspective. You know, I'm. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, go ahead and take that um, inner balance oil. Yeah. From May, mid-May through mid-July, I'm just going to add it into my my shampoo, my dish, my um, uh, laundry soap, wear it, the whole thing. Yeah, we got one more biggie that's going to happen. Oh, good lord! We don't even have time for another biggie. Yeah, we do. Okay. Okay. On May the fifteenth, the planet Venus is going to go retrograde. Okay, so that means all of our relationships will be a little challenged in how we view ourselves since we are talking about how you view yourself. So don't get personality dysmorphic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Venus. um, Now, this particular chart I'm going to work with a little bit differently. Uh The other ones I worked on their face, I want to work on this one in a little bit of a deeper way. So I set the chart for Jerusalem, Israel, because I'm a Kabbalist, Mm -hmm. and I want to know what is going on spiritually. So Jerusalem is the center of the universe for Kabbalah. Okay. 
Venus lands in the eighth house of this particular chart. So, uh, and we've talked about the eighth house a lot, which is um, uh, it is the house where usually all of our generational junk is. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the issues in regards to our relationships that will be coming up will have to do with transformations, letting go of self-defeating behaviors, and also taking a look at how our relationship problems may be inherited. Fascinating. So, it's like, why did you marry your father? Yeah, why did you marry your father? <laughs> um, it's going not literally. But why is your husband so much like your father? Yeah, why is your husband so much like your father? So, so basically, with this, uh, what you're going to see is a lot of the stuff that comes up is is uh, not going to be about uh, uh, necessarily why your relationship is not working because you didn't take out the garbage. It may be that your relationship is not working because of the fact that your father taught you on some particular level um, that you're not confrontational in your relationships at all. You just let the other person walk all over the top of you. Um, It's going to be very difficult to communicate during the Venus uh, uh, retrograde because it's going to occur in the sign of conversation, which is Gemini. Uh-huh. Um, so oftentimes when you're talking, people are going to hear this. <laughs> That's going to be what they hear. They're not going to be able to understand what it is that you're saying. And it's going to be very, very difficult to relate to what other people are going through during that particular period. Okay. So on the inward level, okay, we need to be um, as much as we possibly can open to the other individual, okay, and also to work through our own relationship issues during that particular period as well. So it's really a period to really go inside and ask yourself, how do I make my relationships better? Here's what we've learned, at least through the Keep It Magic show, um, about retrogrades, is that they are the thing that shakes this stuff up so you can grow. Yes. Um, because we get we get stuck in the status quo, and that's that's when things are direct. Yeah. When things are direct, you're just clipping along and clipping along and clipping along, but you don't know that there's something wrong because you're not paying attention to it. Yes. And so what retrograde does is it says you have to pay attention to this. Absolutely. And so if something that is wrong, you want to fix it. And so I think what we all do, we go retrograde, ah! But really what it is is that I, I've been looking at it this way. Retrograde, awesome, because that yeah. means I get to fix something. So when, when something goes direct, it's even better. Yes. And, you know, I know people go just, just absolutely freak out. Forget it. I'm going I'm going into my bed and pulling the covers over me. I'm not going to move. Well, you know what? Really, I know there's a lot of retrogrades um, this year, and it seems like more than normal. But... It's just that we're talking about it to say, hey, there's a retrograde coming up. Use this energy. Um, and, and it may seem like, oh, a bunch of bad news. But really it's good news because I the last time, um, what was in retrograde before? And it was something that Mars. Mars, but what else was in retrograde? Mercury. And there wasn't Jupiter. No. Um, Saturn. Saturn was in retrograde. And there was, I forget what the, you know what, I forget what the challenge was, but there was some challenge with, with my Venus and Mars or something yeah. like that. And and you, we talked about it on air, and we talked, to, and I looked at my chart and, and everything. So what, you know what I did? 
what? I went home to my husband and I said, all right, so this is the challenge that maybe brought up with this retrograde coming up. It came up. It literally came up exactly like that, and I wish I I written down the details of it. But I just remember it came up, and we went, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. And then we laughed about it, and we talked about it, and we diffused it. It, it. Exactly. And what you can this is the thing that I think that is amazing about astrology, is that you can go home. You know, Venus is going to go retrograde on the 15th of May, and you can mm-hmm. go home and have a conversation with Tony, and you can say, um, Tony, Venus is going to go retrograde on May the 15th. Relationships are going to be very challenging. So what we're going to have to do is really make a concerted effort to be good to each other. Yeah, I said we have to put it on our calendar so it comes up every morning that says be nice to each other. Yeah. Venus is in retrograde. But, you know, it's fascinating. Mars went direct. Yes. And when did it go direct again? Last week. So that's right. It went direct last week, and right after Mars went direct, and it's so funny that I planned it for this. I planned a, a company-wide meeting, and Mars had just gone direct. So everybody's energy was ready to zoom forward. Yes. And we all tripped over our own shoelaces. Absolutely. And you saw people getting emotional and crazy and, uh, oh, my God. And uh, Yeah, I, you, heard, you found me calling you, what's going on? Yes. <laughs> And, and uh, you know, but basically, I think that you're right in regards to the ways to look at these retrogrades. There are really opportunities for us to improve ourselves. And and I well, I'm always for that. I'm always for personal evolution because I'm a Virgo and I like perfection. Um, but I'm I'm the status quo is is okay sometimes, and it's really hard right now. It is really hard because you keep on being. It's it, the challenge keeps coming up in your face. Keeps coming up in your face. Um. But you can also ignore it. You can say whatever. The other thing with this Venus retrograde that I think that is important, because it is in that eighth house, of, uh, which is classically called the house of death, mm-hmm. is that a lot of relationships that have lived their self-by date will disintegrate during that period. Okay. So be prepared for, and, and I don't mean disintegrate in regards to they'll just, you know, poof. You will notice that certain individuals that you may have had long-standing relationships with may not be the center of where you're moving forward. Right. So basically the relationships which are, you know, you can look at them like, you know, your your clothes. You've outgrown them or they just, or they're yes. worn out or. Um, <laughs> or you're just going down different paths. It's not anything. Or the cheese has grown more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or the two of you start to go down a different yellow brick road. You know, it is. It doesn't even have to be nasty. Um, it can just be uh, uh, differences, and people need to understand that that's just as much a part of life as uh, as living is. Um, so, it, just like in sometimes some um, astrological aspects, people that you haven't heard from a long time will call. Yes. yes. This is time to to go ahead and spread your wings, but. The caveat to that is it doesn't have to be nasty, but if you try and hang on to it, it will become that way. Yes. If you try to force something um, and try not to understand the other perspective, you know, that, uh, you know, um, a person Z, you know, no longer wants to pour candle wax, that they now want to be an accountant. Um, Right, right. You know, know, that, um, and if you're like, oh, no, you have to, you know, your uh, path in life is to pour candle wax. Do you ever find that, 
do you ever find that, um, you know, and of course I chain them to the pot when they do that. Yeah, exactly. But, but do you ever find that um, knowing that, say, um, Venus is going to be going retrograde, that it happens before? Or you get warning signs prior? I think that you get warning signs in regards to situations constantly. Um, uh, I, I don't think that any astrological aspect just lands in our front door. Um, I think that um, uh, uh, that there's always a moving forward to the cake coming out of the oven, um, uh, uh, rather than you know just you know we're always in the process of baking something is probably the best way to to put it. It will allow this to be able to be more usable if your knowledge if you have knowledge of what is going to affect you coming up. So with okay. I have customers all over the world. Yeah. And with Venus going retrograde, and I deal with, um, and our customers are relationship-based, meaning they're not all my best friend, but but we feel that it's a relationship with each and every one of them. Do you think Venus affects us there? Yes, because it, it, it partnerships. It's going to affect us in regards to partnerships as well. So how would a business look at their clients during this time? Um. Basically, basically, I would how I would work with this in a client relationship is just really stay open to what it is that your clients may need. What are their needs right now? And so, how would you bring new clients in during this time? It wouldn't be a point in which I would really be super active in regards to pulling in new clients. I would stay more focused on during that particular six week period, which is the middle of May <laughs> until about July the first. I would stay focusing on possibly recovering some old ones. Okay, so recovering old ones, because I'm thinking, you know, you always have to be looking at bringing in new clients, yeah. or, or it's like saying, I'm, I'm, uh, Venus is retrograde, I'm just not going to talk to my husband. You still have to talk to your your partner. Yes. You still have to interact with people, you can't stay in bed, so I still have to be in business. So look at resurrecting old clients, but part of the process right now is new clients, so how would I um, flip that energy? Yes. So I would probably do, um, energetically, I would do communication-type stuff, making sure communication's open, making sure um, I might even do, like, some some um, uh, love stuff. I mean, literally, like, sometimes I'll put on, uh, I'll light a love spell candle just so everybody feels good. Yeah. So we are just about at the end of our show, and I just want to go into this so, more, so much more. So um, hmm, when are we going to do that? We'll have to write something about it. Yeah. So you have been listening to Keep It Magic. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. We are on live every single Tuesday at 4 p.m. except for next Tuesday, which we're going to have a repeat for you. 4 p.m. on the East Coast, 1 p.m. on the West Coast. To reach Storm off the air, you can go to Psychic Friends now. To reach me off the air, you can find me at CoventryCreations.com, which is, of course, our show sponsor as well. Make sure you check out our show website at KeepItMagic.com, where we're constantly adding new content We've got some new stuff going up. And, of course, first of the month, we've got brand new big articles for you. And and pay attention. Get on the Coventry mailing list so you can know what our specials are, too. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, the whole worldwide of people that join us. And what do they need to do, Storm? They need to keep it magic. Girls be looking like Danny Fly. 
I pimp to the beat, walking down the street and my new freak, yeah. This is how I roll, animal print pants out control. It's Red Bull with